That's a video clip from last week, and I begin today with a question. Is that truth? Is that the truth? That statement was directly out of Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came and Peter spoke, the Holy Spirit spoke through Peter's body, and said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Is it truth? So today, what is truth? And let's take it a step further. What is absolute truth? Do you know? Let's begin with a definition. Absolute truth is something that is true all times in all places. It is something that is always true, no matter what the circumstances. It is a fact that cannot be changed. An unchangeable, absolute truth is an unchangeable truth. So let me give you a couple of examples of absolute truth. Gravity is an absolute truth. Gravity on planet Earth is true all the time and in all places. Gravity is true regardless of your circumstances. Gravity is what pulls you down too far on those bathroom scales when you stand on top of them. You could say it's gravity's fault. It's not yours. But it's still absolute truth. You don't have to believe in gravity for gravity to be gravity. Gravity is truth. In fact, gravity doesn't care if you believe in it or not. It's still true. Even those who might refuse to believe in gravity will lay down in their beds tonight rather than lay up in their beds tonight. Because gravity is truth. Let me give you a second example. Mathematics. Two plus two equals four. When I was a child growing up in elementary school, they taught me that two plus two is four. It hasn't changed. A thousand years from now, it'll still be two plus two is four. It doesn't matter the circumstances, it still equals four. Even if you happen to experience some kind of a new enlightenment, guess what? Two plus two will still be four. Today, we will search for absolute truth. Something that is true at all times, in all places. It's something that's always true. Doesn't matter the circumstance. In fact, it is immutable, unchangeable truth. This question of absolute truth is crucial for the church today, for the world we live in today. In fact, the Roman governor Pilate asked Jesus to define truth during the trial. I don't know about you, but that's amazing. It's amazing. A Roman ruler, at that time in human history, they ruled the world. They were the lone superpower. A Roman ruler asking the Jewish king of kings a very important question. That's it. What is truth? So let's read the scripture as we begin our journey today. John 18, 33. Then Pilate went into the headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say... I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into this world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth will recognize that what I say is true. 
Now here comes the question. What is truth? Pilate asked. Then he went out again to the people and told them, he's not guilty of any crime, but you have a custom of asking me to release one prisoner each year at Passover. Would you like me to release this king of the Jews? Let's review what had happened in this scene. Jesus told Pilate that he was born and came into the world for a singular purpose, to testify to the truth. Jesus told Pilate that he did have a kingdom, but it was not of this world, at least not yet. Jesus told Pilate that all who love the truth will recognize that the words of Jesus are absolute truth. I need to say that again. Jesus told Pilate that everybody who loves the truth will recognize that the words of Jesus are true. All of them, all the time, no matter the circumstances, truth that can never be changed by anyone or anything at any time. Two plus two will always be four. That's when Pilate says it. The question, what is truth? Now, you and I might not realize it, but we are asking that question every day of our lives. All of us. This isn't unique to Pilate in the scene of the crucifixion. We all are asking that same question every day. What is truth? truth. So let me say it again. Everyone, you live your life, I live my life with the question, what is truth? I believe what I hold in my hand is the only physical source of absolute truth on this planet. I have come to a personal conclusion that the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, is the only, and notice I say only, physical source of absolute revealed truth on the earth today. This is my personal conclusion. After asking that same question that Pilate asked Jesus that day that he died, I have asked that same question to myself today. What is truth? In fact, the whole story about Jesus and Pilate is from the book of absolute truth. To believe that story of Jesus and Pilate in Jerusalem, to believe that story of Jesus' encounter with Pilate, is to believe in the book of absolute truth. How would you believe the story unless you believed the book that the story was read from? But there's another way. To reject that story of Jesus' encounter with Pilate is to reject the book of absolute truth, the Bible. So what is truth? Is it possible for truth to be relative? There are a lot of people, especially in the, in the culture of America today, that believe there is no such thing as absolute truth. Everything is relative truth dependent upon circumstances. So something that was true 2,000 years ago, some people believe could not be true today. That's relative truth, not absolute truth. So can the truth about gravity be different for gravity believers and gravity deniers? Let that sink in. Does it matter what you believe about gravity for gravity to be gravity? For gravity to be truth? Can two plus two be four for me and two plus two be five for somebody else? Is it possible? Some of you might be wondering where I'm going with all this today. I want each of us to consider this very important question. Actually, two questions. What is truth and where does it come from? What is truth and where does it come from? Hopefully, I've already established the definition of truth, even though some will want to debate it. 
Absolute tr truth is something that is true at all times, in all places. It's always true, no matter what the circumstance. It is a fact that cannot be changed. But where does truth come from? This is where we're going. Where does truth come from? Can it come from anyone, anywhere, at any time? Can truth originate with me or a person? Can a person be the source of truth or must truth be revealed to us by someone greater than us? What is truth and where does it come from? Can it come from man? Mortal man, and when I say mortal, someone who's subject to death or dying. Does man have the power and authority to establish and reveal truth? Uh, this is crucial, this question. Does man, me, you, have the power and the authority to establish and reveal absolute truth? That question goes back to Pilate and Jesus' conversation. I read through it quickly on purpose the first time. Now I want to look at it in detail to answer the question. Where does truth come from? And what is it? So let's go back and repeat 33 through 39. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked. And Jesus replied, is this your question or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate retorted. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. My kingdom. In this, in this conversation... Truth is being revealed. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom's not of this world. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say, I am a king. Actually, actually, I was born and came to the world, I was born and came to the world to do what? For what reason? To testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is truth. And that's when Pilate says, what is truth? Jesus in this scene has told Pilate the truth. So let's break it down. Jesus says, I am not from this world but, he, but I am a king from another kingdom. Now, can you imagine Pilate comprehending that in that moment? Jesus says, I am not from this world. I'm not from Bethlehem in Judea. I am a king from another kingdom. Jesus told Pilate the truth. I was born and came into the world for this express purpose to testify, to reveal the truth. At this point in the conversation between Jesus and Pilate, it doesn't really matter whether Pilate believes Jesus' truth revelation or not. Truth has been revealed on the earth from one from heaven. Believing the truth in that moment doesn't make it true or not true. Truth has been revealed on the earth by one who came from heaven. Pilate might disagree. Pilate might even mock Jesus' revealed truth, but it doesn't change the absolute truth revelation of Jesus. It's like this, two plus two is four. Jesus says, I am not from here, I am from heaven. I am a king from heaven. I am a king from heaven who came for the express purpose to reveal truth to the world. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not, it's still true. You can mock it, it's still true. Jesus is not from earth. 
And even in the church, people struggle with this. He's from the kingdom of heaven. Yes, he's a king. Jesus came to the earth from the kingdom of heaven for an express purpose to reveal truth to the people of the earth. Then Jesus reveals something wonderful. I call it wonderful because he says this, and all those who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. The truth about believing faith. You and I were in the church that believes that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. Believing faith has just been revealed to Pilate on the day of Jesus' crucifixion. The truth about believing faith has been revealed. So let me, go, let me explain something. The New International Version and the New Living Translation put it like this. I tell you the truth. New American Standard usually says, truly I say to you or unto you. There are about 70 different applications of this Jesus statement in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. What? Jesus coming and revealing and it's recorded. I tell you the truth. 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 Seventy times Jesus makes it clear, I tell you the truth. Jesus told Pilate on the day of his death that this was the reason he came to the earth to testify to the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. To reveal something that was not previously revealed until he came. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. This is the reason I came to the earth. I'm not from here, I'm from heaven. God the Father sent me. I am a king. I am a king from heaven. I came to reveal the truth. Not only to tell us the truth. Now, here's where it goes. Not only to tell us the truth. I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. But to reveal the only source of truth has come to the earth. Jesus. Today, I proclaim the truth to you. He is the only Source of absolute truth, singular one. And in the conversation between Jesus and Pilate, Jesus tells him, I came to the earth to reveal the truth. That's why I'm here. So go to John 14, 6. Everybody knows this verse. Jesus told him, I am the way. Where? Way is a Road, I am the way to heaven. He's from there. I am the truth. What do you mean? I came from heaven to bring that truth to the earth. I'm the way to heaven. I'm from heaven. I'm a king from heaven. Come to the earth to reveal truth. And I am the life. And what is this way and what is this truth that you can live forever in the kingdom of my father in heaven? No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is, and from now on you do know him and you have seen him. So just taking John 14, 6 and 7, just those two verses, is Jesus telling the truth? Is he the truth? Is he the source? It's not just that he's telling the truth, that he's from heaven. But he's also revealing singularly he is the source of truth. He reveals the truth because he is the truth source, which means you can't go somewhere else and get what you can get from him only, which is what? Truth. A king from heaven has come down to the earth to reveal the source of absolute truth. The source the source of truth. So let's go back to our original two questions. What is truth and where does it come from? Can truth come from me? Can truth come from men? Can truth come from mortals? Or must truth be revealed to me, to men and to mortals by one who is immortal, by a king from heaven? Jesus told Pilate that he was a king from heaven, 
from the kingdom of heaven, come down to the earth to reveal truth. If that, is that the truth or can we, let me, let me back up. Jesus expressly tells Pilate, I'm a king from heaven who's on earth to reveal truth and the source of truth. Is that the truth or? Here's the church battle. Can we decide truth ourselves? Can I create truth? My own truth. You ever heard anybody say, that might be true for you, preacher, but it's not true for me. So the idea is that I can just kind of decide my own truth. So I want you to look at the two options. One is in the conversation between Jesus and Pilate on the day that he will die on the cross. He says, I am a king from heaven, come down to the earth to reveal truth. To reveal not just truth, but the source of truth to the people of the earth. Or, or there's another option. The other option is he's not the only source. We can be our own source. We can establish our own truth today and live under our own truth. Why not just accept Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life? Why not? Wouldn't that be easier and more logical than us humans trying to establish our own version of the truth? Maybe. In fact, I tried to just think logically about that question for a while. Wouldn't it just be easier to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus because he, you know, it makes more sense than believing in me because, you know, I'm dying. You know, I'm getting old. He, he's eternal life, right? Maybe it would be easier to just accept Jesus as the single source of truth, the way, the truth, and the life. If there were not for another one from heaven. If not for the fact that there's another character in the story. There's another spirit power from heaven on the earth. Another one from heaven. Jesus said, Pilate, that I came down from heaven to reveal the truth. What if there's another spirit power from heaven on the earth? Not a king. Not a king like Jesus, but an unholy angel that wanted to be king. And what if this angel was a spirit power and nobody, including me, can comprehend the spirit power of those from heaven who have the ability to put thoughts in the human mind and the human heart? And what if this angel from heaven was actually a liar? who came from heaven, listen carefully, to try to stop the truth of Jesus from being revealed to the world. What if there is one from heaven whose single purpose is not to reveal truth, which is why Jesus came from heaven, but whose single purpose is to stop the truth from being revealed about Jesus? Two spirits on the earth. The Holy Spirit of Christ revealing the truth and the unholy spirit of Antichrist revealing that which is untrue. The lies from the liar. And what would this liar, here's where it gets interesting to me, and what would this liar lie about? If there is a fallen angel whose spirit power is on the earth, and what would the liar lie about? What would the spirit of Antichrist do to thwart the revelation of Jesus' truth on the earth? What would he do? What would be the attack strategy? Attack the truth. If Jesus came expressly to reveal the truth, then the adversary would come expressly to attack the truth. In Genesis 3-4. I'm going to ask you a question. What would it look like? You won't die. You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes would be opened as soon as you eat it. And you could be like God. Whoa. You'd be like God. Go ahead, eat it, eat it. You won't die. You won't die. You can be like God knowing both good and evil. Can it be that simple? 
What would an angel from heaven, an unholy angel from heaven, do to thwart the truth? You won't die. It's how it began. You won't die. You can be like God. You won't die. Could it be that simple? This is what Satan told Eve in the garden after. It's important that you understand. He said those words to her after she had experienced absolute truth. She had encountered absolute truth. She had encountered God, absolute truth. And then the false God comes and says, you won't die. Genesis 2.15. The Lord placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. And I'm going to pause before I read the rest of that. And here's why. When, I, when that starts coming out of my mouth, you know what goes into my mind? There are people sitting in this room or watching online today, and already, already, he's got you. Why? Because you don't even believe that. You don't even believe that. And the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch her. Because some person from a university somewhere told you that you came out of a slimy pool of ooze. You believe that truth instead of this truth. And he's already gone a long way toward having you. What is truth? The source and the message itself. So let's go back. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him. Truth comes with a warning. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. There's free will. Except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And if you eat its fruit, you will surely die. No, you won't. Yes, you will. No, you won't. Yes, you will. Absolute truth from God says, you eat this, you will die. Here comes the unholy spirit and says, no, you won't die. You can be like God. You can make your own choices. You don't have to just follow him as if he's the only source of truth. You can be your own source of truth. Eat up. It looks good. One is the truth and one is a liar. Jesus later on, much later on, tells us that Satan is a murdering liar. He's been doing it since the beginning. A murdering liar. This spirit from heaven on the earth, Satan, is a murdering liar. Let me read it to you. It's called truth. Eight, John eight forty two. Jesus told them, if God were your father, you would love me because I have come to you from God. I am not here on my own, but he, God the father, sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? You know what he's saying? It's called truth. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't even hear me. You can't even hear the truth. You don't have ears to hear. For you are the children of the father, of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. How do you think Adam and Eve died? He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated what? Truth. Do you see it? He has always hated truth. Why? Because there's no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar, and he is the father or the originator of all lies. So when I, Jesus, tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Why? Because there's another spirit from heaven, and he's your father. And when you reject the truth of Jesus, by default, you have fallen into the lie of the deceiver. Which of you, Jesus says, can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. You don't listen. Why? You don't have ears to hear. Why? Because you don't belong to God. Why? Because you're listening to the other voice. And what did the other voice say? 
you won't die. You can be your own God. Make up your own rules. Decide your own truth. Satan told Eve that she could be like God. You can become your own source of truth, liar. No, you can't. Eve died. Satan murdered her by convincing her that she could be the source of truth. Adam and Eve both heard the truth from God, but they rejected the truth of God's word and followed after that liar that has no truth in him. And if he has no truth in him, and Jesus is the truth, then there's no Jesus in Satan. And why would you follow him? Satan hates the truth. There's no truth in him. (coughs) And his method... Satan hates the truth, and his method is to convince people to reject the Word of God and create their own version of truth in its place. Now, everything's going to hinge on that sentence, so I'm going to read it again because everything changes from here forward. Satan hates the truth. Jesus says he hates the truth. There's no truth in him. His method, church, listen. I understand that the world doesn't get it, but the fact that it's entering the church is alarming. His method is to convince people to reject the Word of God, I'm holding it up, and create their own version of the truth in its place. Becoming a God unto yourself, acting like you can reject this and you can decide what's true on your own. So let me ask you a question. Paul's in all of that. I'm going to ask you a single question from the Word of God. And I'm going to ask you this question for this reason. What would you do with this truth from Genesis chapter 3? Okay. You will surely die. Actually, it's Genesis 2. You will surely die. What what, what are you going to do with that? I'm going to give you a second. You will surely die. What are you going to do? Let me take it a step further. You're going to die and stand in front of God. What are you going to do with that? Is that true? That barring the return of Christ, I'm going to die and I'm going to stand in front of God. What am I going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? Not think about it? I wish you hadn't brought it up. (laughs) Thanks for the encouragement. I can tell you what I'm going to do about that. I believe what I hold in my hand is the only physical source of absolute truth on this planet. And everything about me dying and standing before God has been identified and revealed how to stand before God in peace with God by reading this truth. That's what I'm going to do about it. I'm not going to make up my own truth about the possibility that I'm going to die and stand in front of God. I'm going to take the revealed truth about what I'm going to do to stand before God. That brings me to my modern day example. A modern day method of the liar. Are you ready? Because here we go. I begin with a statement of truth. I was born a boy, a male in Frankfort, Kentucky, in 1956. That is a statement of truth. My parents gave testimony to my birth. I have a birth certificate that states the same truth. That event wasn't based on someone's opinion. It's not dependent upon circumstances. I was born a boy in Frankfort, Kentucky in 1956. And you know what that, do the math real quick, that makes me 65 years old. Yes, I'm an old dude. Okay, so there's my truth statement. But what if? But what if I become bored with that 65-year-old piece of data and that birth certificate that's all crinkled and old? And what if I become with that old piece of news and I experience some kind of an enlightenment moment? 
And what if after I have my enlightenment moment, I feel like making a few changes to my truth? And I'm going to ask you, can feelings change truth? Can feelings or emotions change truth? You can be like God, right? What did, what did the serpent say to Eve? You won't die. You can be like God, right? You can decide good and evil on your own. What are you going to have him be the source of truth? Why don't you just become man up? Be your own source of truth. Now, some would tell you today, and I hear this all the time, follow your heart. <laughs> just follow your heart, right? Fo follow your heart. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm different. You know, the heart is the seat of the, the, the emotion, right? You know what my heart, my emotions look like? There's sometimes it's up here, and sometimes it's down in this basement below me. If I tried to follow my heart, I'd be dizzy. Because it's way up here, and it's way down here. And I'd just be everywhere. I'd be all over the map. Follow you. What do you mean follow your heart? Who do you think would tell you to follow your heart? And why would they tell you to follow your heart? Why don't you follow the truth? Well, why, do, why does the source of truth need to come inside of you? Who are you that you can determine truth by following your heart, by deciding yourself that which is true? Here's what the truth says, Jeremiah 17, 9. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? So let's go back to my feelings. What if my feelings, what if my heart wants to tell me that I am not really a 65-year-old male from Kentucky? And, and if this wasn't so serious, it would be funny, but it's too serious to be funny. What if my feelings in my heart want to tell me that I'm, I'm not a 65-year-old male from Kentucky? What if my feelings tell me that I'm a 70-year-old female from Montana? I've never even been to Montana. That's why I picked Montana. And what if I today because I have experienced some kind of a human heart enlightenment. What if I today, I begin to identify as a 70-year-old female from Montana? Will my, will my feelings entitle me to full Social Security five years early? Because <laughs> I'm actually 65. If I could pull this off, I could get the government to write me a check five years early. Will my feelings make it truth? Can feelings change 2 plus 2 equals 4 to 2 plus 2 equals 5? Can feelings do that? Do you have that kind of power? Do your feelings have the power to transform truth? Because we live in a generation that is no longer sure about that question. Let me give you some examples. Our governor, the governor of the state of Kentucky, vetoed a bill in April that simply stated that boys couldn't play girls' sports. He vetoed that bill. And can you imagine such a thing? And when asked why he vetoed it, he said this. Go look it up. He says it's not necessary. Now, with all respect, Governor, there was a time in our culture that that bill was not necessary. That time is gone. It is necessary. Because people now think that their feelings can now establish truth. Can a person now determine truth in and of themselves and then force everyone around them to accept their perceived truth as truth? Second example, the president of the United States came on television just about a week before our governor vetoed that bill and said that the U.S. government supported and intended to pay for youths to change their genders based upon their feelings. Based upon one thing, their feelings are going to determine 
their own truth. Just a few weeks before that one, one of the senators asked the Supreme Court nominee if she could define woman, what it is to be a woman, and her answer was no, I am not a biologist. The highest judicial power in the United States cannot define what it is to be female, a woman. Now, in all of those examples, listen carefully. I've noticed something, and I wonder, have you? Have you ever stopped to notice that all this LBGTQ gender-neutral stuff, none of it produces life? It doesn't produce life. There's no life. It doesn't replicate life. Coincidence? Do you think it's a coincidence that life cannot come from this doctrine, from this so-called truth? As crazy as all of that stuff is, listen, that's not my point today. It's about the LBGTQ. But one more thing before I move on. I need to make a statement. They can claim whatever crazy truth they want to claim. And, and if you think it hasn't gone crazy, it, I think it's going to get worse. And I need to say something too. And I, uh, people get aggravated when I say this. I do believe it is unstoppable. It's going to happen. There's nothing you or I are going to do to stop this movement. It's, it's going deep and fast into the darkness. But that's not my point. Here's the point. They can do whatever they want. They can claim whatever they want to. Whatever truth they want to now say is truth. It's fine. But I'm not going along with it. I'm not going along with it. No, no, matter, no matter what happens. And church, you better figure out who you are. You better decide who you are and what the truth is. You better figure out for you and your house what is true. Because they're going into the darkness and I'm not going with them. No matter what happens, I'm not going to go along and say that two plus two is five. I'm I'm not going to do it. The Bible tells us that some things must happen in the last days. That's why I tell you today that I'm convinced that this is unstoppable. This movement, this worldwide movement toward all this craziness, it's, it's, it's part of biblical prophecy. I believe it's unstoppable, but listen carefully. But woe to you through which it comes. Is anybody listening? You better not get caught up in it. Jesus says it would be better for a millstone to be tied around your neck and you be thrown into the sea than to lead one of these young people into the darkness of hell by supporting this evil, gender-changing LBGT movement. Yes, I call it evil. I believe with all of my heart it is the greatest form of child abuse that has ever been on this earth. You cannot be God. You cannot act like you are God and establish your own truth. Just yesterday, I looked on the news. I saw this news article, Walt Disney Company. They're producing these gay pride themed Disney plush toys. Here's what it says on the label of these Disney plush toys. The back of the tag reads, in celebration of pride and the company's pride collection, the Walt Disney Company is giving funds as part of our ongoing commitment to organizations around the world that support LBGTQ plus communities. The front of the tag notes that the plush toy is intended for children. You ready? Zero plus. This toy is marketing to children from birth up. They're coming for your children. You cannot be God. Now, let me reveal to you the truth. Jesus says this in Matthew 18. If you want to make up your own truth, go for it. Go for it. We're not going with you. 
Jesus says, and anyone who welcomes a little child, and anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if you, listen, if you cause one of these little ones who trusts in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to have a large millstone tied around your neck and be thrown into the depths of the sea. What sorrow awaits the world because it tempts people to sin. Temptations are inevitable, but what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting? So if your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one hand or one foot than to be thrown into the eternal fire with both your hands and feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better to enter eternal life with only one eye than to have two eyes and to be thrown into the fire of hell. And somebody say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe in hell. Then you've made up your own Jesus. You won't die. If there were an angel from heaven on the earth, And if there was a king, Jesus, on earth to reveal truth, and an angel from heaven came to thwart truth, how would he do it? He would attack the truth. You won't die. You can be your own God, make up your own truth. You can establish it on your feelings. You can be whatever you want to be. This would be a really good time for me to make a plug I have said over the years, over the years, the same thing. Parents, you need to be parents to your children. Stop trying to be their best friend. Later on in life, you can be their best friend. Right now, they need parents. They need mothers and fathers who are willing to stand upon the truth and teach them the truth. Don't leave your children to Walt Disney World to find truth. Don't leave your children to this world to find truth. Don't do it. Don't do it. In a few weeks, on June 13th through the 17th, our high school is sending a group to Tennessee on Christ in Youth. Parents, if you've got a high school kid, quit letting them make their life choices. Be their parent, put them on that bus and send them to that. They still got some seats left. And also this summer there's camp. Send your kids to camp. Put your kids in places where they can receive this truth, where where, to combat the, the truth that they're receiving in the world. What sorrow awaits. What sorrow awaits those who take kids and send them into this darkness. So what is truth? Pilate asked Jesus in that previous, in that, Pilate asked Jesus the question, what is truth? And in that previous statement that I just read, where Jesus says, it would be better off that a millstone is hung around your neck and you're thrown into the depths of the sea than for one person for you to be the reason that one young person is lost. Jesus told Pilate, and he tells us today, that he was a king from the kingdom of heaven. Come down to the earth to reveal the truth to all the mortals of the earth. And what is that truth? The Bible is the inspired word of God, the only physical source of absolute truth on this planet. And here's the truth. Jesus is the Word. And the Word is Jesus. And people all the time say, you know, I believe in Jesus. I just don't believe in the Bible. And it's because the Bible says in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And God sent the word to the earth to reveal the truth to the mortals of the earth. And what is that truth from heaven? All of you know Luke 12, verse 4. Dear friends, Jesus says, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot do it. They can do any. 
They cannot do any more to you after they kill your body. But I'll tell you whom to fear. This is what Jesus says. I'll tell you who to fear. Fear God who has the power to kill you and then throw you into hell. Yes, he's the one to fear. Some have asked me, and I know they will ask me after this week, if I fear the repercussions of standing up on the internet, online, against the LBGTQ gender-neutral movement, I can only say this, I fear God more. I fear God more. And I think it's important to say, I am not trying to pick a fight. I am not trying to pick a fight. People will label me as a hater. And I'm going to tell you, there is no way I could be a hater if I love someone enough to tell them the truth about eternal life. The question is, what is truth? So here's the closing. Do you want the truth today? Are you sure you would receive it and believe it if somebody gave it to you? And the reason I say that is because it's much easier for you to make your own truth. Because when you make your own truth, it'll be way more pleasing than this truth. And you know what the truth is? John 18, 37. I'm going to read it again. Pilate said, so you are a king? Jesus responded, you say I am a king? Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. And all who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And here's the truth. Ready? Some of you might not like it when I put it like this, but it's still the truth. You and I have a fatal heart condition called sin. And you will surely die. You and I have a fatal heart condition. It's called sin, and you will surely die. And the liar tells you that you can make up your own truth, and you can be like God and declare that you will not die, or it'll just never come into your mind until you do die. Or there's another option. I found it to be even more prevalent these days, and it's the idea that death is an unconscious fade to black nothingness that you just don't know anything and you just drift away into nowhere land and it's just over. It'd be a great deal if it were the truth. But it's a lie. You and I will surely die if we remain in the lie. And there's the truth. We will surely die if we remain in the lie. And that's why we preach the truth. And what is the truth? Truth is not a set of facts or figures. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. And here's what, here's, everybody knows the verse, John 3, 16, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, in Jesus, will not perish. I don't want to perish. I look out at this room. I don't see a single person that I want to perish. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Believe this truth, you'll have eternal life. Reject this truth, and you will perish in hell's fire. Or you could just say, I'll be my own God, I'll make my own truth, and I'll ignore the truth of Jesus. Okay, that'll be on you. It won't be on us. Absolute truth. One last point. Just in case you have listen to the liar about the afterlife. And I found it to be a lot of people in the church today who believe that the afterlife is nothing but a fade to black unconsciousness. The Bible clearly determines and announces what happens to the human soul when you breathe that last breath of life. The one from heaven, the king from heaven, came to the earth to tell us what happens when you breathe your last breath whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, there are two outcomes. Your soul is you. And what happens to your soul in that last breath? What happens? There will be two different outcomes described by two different people. I'm only going to read just a small part of it. When Jesus does the rich man and Lazarus. Here we go. 
Luke 16. Finally, the poor man, that's Lazarus, he died. And he's carried by angels. You think those angels are carrying his corpse? No, they're carrying his soul. Lazarus dies and they carried his souls, carried by angels to be with Abraham. Abraham's not in hell. Abraham is in heaven, in paradise with God, right? So you got Lazarus, he dies, angels carry his soul to paradise. The rich man also died and he's buried and his soul went to the place of the dead. They're in torment. He saw Abraham in the far distance with Lazarus at his side. The rich man shouted, Father Abraham, have some pity. Send Lazarus over here to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I am in anguish in these flames. Two men, two totally different outcomes. One was based on truth. One is based on the lie, the lie. You will not die. You could be your own God. Make your own truth. Last week I told you, preachers used to preach these sermons. I grew up, preachers used to preach these sermons all the time. I remember a lot of sermons I walked out of and I was afraid. I was, I was afraid. But people don't preach like that anymore. Well, what happened? Is the truth no longer the truth? Is the truth less relevant today than it was a hundred years ago? My daughter-in-law, um, Lauren, sent me a newspaper, uh, an article, an internet article from the Christian Post. And it kind of answers the question, kind of stunned me, but not really. Just recently, Arizona Christian University did a study and that study revealed that only 37% of Christian pastors in America hold a biblical worldview today. Let me translate what that means. 37% of America's Christian preachers believe this is truth. So you know why preachers don't preach like this anymore? Because they created their own truth in place of this one. Why? Because theirs is way more palatable, more tasty, more tickling to the human ear. You'll not die. God wouldn't send anybody to hell. You can be your own God. But in reality, Jesus says that Lazarus was carried by angels to paradise. Carried by angels to paradise. But the rich man died and he was carried to the place of the dead, the lake of burning sulfur. One is based on a life of truth and the other belongs to the liar who thought he could make his own truth. Jesus told us that his word is truth. Jesus oftentimes would quote the Old Testament as truth. To reject the truth is to reject the one that came to the earth from heaven to reveal the truth so that that truth might set you free and save your soul. One last scripture. It's a warning. And by the way, I pray the backside of this every day of my life. Luke 21, 33. Heaven and earth will disappear. He didn't say they might disappear. They're one day going to disappear. But my words, and I'm going to hold them up, will never disappear. Watch out. Here comes the warning. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. Don't let that day catch you unaware like a trap. For that day will come upon everyone living on the earth. Keep alert at all times and pray. Pray. I pray this every day. Pray what? Pray that you'd be strong enough to escape these coming horrors and stand before the Son of Man. Unless Chad, come on in. Pray. Right now. Be good advice to everybody. 
pray that you'd be strong enough to escape these coming horrors. Stand before the Son of Man. What coming horrors? Well, number one, if you're here after he comes for his bride, you're going to be here during the seven-year tribulation. One-third of the earth's population dies in a single day during that time. Do you want to be here? Or you can just make up your own truth. Everything will always be the way it is now. But there's another coming horror on the other side of the seven-year tribulation. There is a lake of burning fire. That rich man was in torment. He was in agony. He had full consciousness. He had full memory, past, present, and future. He was still him. And he's in torment. Jesus says he came to reveal truth, the truth that would set you free from sin, death, and grave, and hell. But you got to believe that truth, which means you're going to surrender your truth to his truth. And you submit your life to that truth. That's why you deny yourself, take up a cross to follow the truth. You're in or you're out. So we're going to sing an invitation. It's not an invitation to Terry Cooper. It's not even an invitation to men of a Christian church. It's an invitation of truth. I received the truth, the person of Christ in my life. I submit myself to him. I don't want to die. I don't want to perish. I don't want you to die or perish. Today, the truth has been preached. May the Holy Spirit do his work in Jesus' name. Let's stand. The invitation's open.